0: Hey, Joe. What's up, Jordan? This is different. We're doing like a bonus episode. That's right. Hey, shifters. It's Jordan. Joe and I will be back together at some point, but we wanted to check in with a few bonus episodes where we could. So a few weeks ago, Joe and I recorded a conversation about the movie Strange Days. It came after our discussion about New York Comic Con, and we were thinking of releasing it with a few edits, but I wanted to take a moment to revisit my thoughts. The core of what I spoke about with Joe was a mix of 90s nostalgia and random things that came to mind. For example, part of the 90s nostalgia, if you will, that's been kind of like hovering over me in the last like few months, not just because like the next generation has been, and by next generation, I mean all you NYU kids, (laughs) uh, a lot of them have adopted that style.
1: Oh, yeah, it's coming back. And it's funny
0: because like, you know, I remember being kind of like this, so this youth like hanging around like lower Manhattan, not lower Manhattan, that's like, but more so, like, East Village, Canal mm, Street. Mm. Back when Chinatown was, like, much different. Right. The bootleg industry was, like, still huge a huge part booming. of the economy. Yeah. It was a part of the economy down there. Bootleg everything, handbags, right. watches, CDs, DVDs, right. clothing, you name it. And, you know, you know there was a style that came along with it. You know, when I was younger, I had, like, like wide-leg jeans and, like, an anorak jacket. And when I got a little <laughs> bit older, I was wearing, like, you know, like, FUBU shirts and, and like, Tommy jeans, you know? Right. Um, okay. So never mind my fashion choices and marked memories of the counterfeit CD industry. I had watched the movie Strange Days and just felt like talking about it. So I watched this movie, and it's a dystopian movie. It came out in 1995, right? And the one thing I noticed, well, several things I noticed, if you will, was that it has like a checklist of elements that you always see in movies that deal with dystopias. And in particular with Strange Days and is that it took place, it, it's filmed after the 92 riots, but takes place, but before the Y2K slash millennium. Right? right. So you see both of those iterations or those social, um, I guess like the social feelings or, or attitudes about those things, like inserted into this movie. Right? right. So now Los Angeles, which as you know, Los Angeles was a setting of like every 90s movie
1: like ever. Oh yeah, well, it was you like know? Demolition Man, yeah. like oh. all
0: <laughs> poetic justice. That's right. <laughs> um which is I guess poetic justice meets Demolition Man is kind of a, not a bad way to contextualize Strange Days, but um
1: <laughs> kind of yeah. yeah.
0: Um and so you have this amazing cast. You have uh, is it Ray Fiennes or Ralph Fiennes? Because I feel like Ray, Fiennes. Ray Fiennes, but yeah. his name is spelled like Ralph. like Ralph. Ralph. Yeah. Okay, so Ray Fiennes. Those words
1: is, gotta be different. Yeah, I
0: know. <laughs> so Ray Fiennes is a um like an ex LAPD vice unit uh right. cop who's now indul- in in indul- in in engaged in an underground uh, a- uh activity. Um, I forgot the actual what I forgot what the actual activity is called, but basically. He sells memories. Right. Right. You have these devices that allow you to in, um, sell memories, right? So you basically hook yourself up to this device, right? And mind you, this is pre-mobile phone. So, oh, not pre-mobile phone. There are mobile phones. But this is pre-smartphone, right? right? No one thought, you know, uh, Instagram or Snapchat would be the way
1: we <laughs> engage in vice. <laughs> that, right? Right. Right.
0: So if you have a memory of, say, you know, Indulging in an interaction interaction with a woman with a woman that right. you really have the odds for, you can sell that as a memory. Right. right. So it's essentially like, porn. Right. Right. Um. Or if you have like an interest in like being in another body, or if you have an interest in um, you know, maybe some like high, 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 like high energy. It's like some VR level right. activity, right? But it's illegal. Right. Right.
1: Yeah, and you've seen these this idea explored in other films, but this one. It focuses on it a little bit more, like you're saying, like this has become like an, an illegal traffic trafficking kind of thing. In, right. in strange days, it just focused on it a little bit more than we you had seen before. But what happens is
0: that there's a line in between, like that um that voyeurism, right, and say things like murder and rape, right, and that's where it starts to take a very dark turn. So, side note, we made some mistakes while recording the last time, and. I felt a little guilty about it, like trash talking, like recent Terminator films and Avatar. It has a screenplay that was co written by James Cameron. Right. The same guy that people younger than me know for making Avatar.
1: <laughs> they only know him for making Avatar movies. <laughs> Not
0: The Last Airbender, Avatar, the movie with Blue People. Right. Ferengeli
1: right. Plus. <laughs>
0: right. So, <laughs> Po- uh, my, how my brother calls it "Pocahontas Plus," <laughs> um, also a problematic movie. Oh, yeah. um, and well, as you know, James Cameron wrote Terminator One and Two, right? Um, and he still continu- continues to give us Terminator at producing movies. awful Produ- Terminator and, movies, and possibly giving us a slew of awful Avatar sequels. <laughs> I also didn't get a chance to give more props to, to director Catherine Bigelow who is a pioneer for women directors everywhere. Many may know of her more commercially or critically uh, successful films like The Hurt Locker or Zero Dark Thirty, yet Strange Days stands out as a commercial failure. But it's critically an amazing film to watch. It was even critically heralded when it came out back in 95. The cinematography is phenomenal. Um, there's some amazing aerial shots, and the wardrobe and costume direction really do a fantastic job of capturing a snapshot of how things were in the mid-'90s. Plus, the art direction is also captivating at its, as it's characterized uh, by this gritty urban dystopia element. So all that kind of put together gives this movie a very distinct look and feel. In the process of our conversation... Joe and I made a comment about how the movie has elements reminiscent to Blade Runner. I feel like James Cameron and Jay Cox, the other writer, I feel like they didn't want to go too deep into like a
1: total recall type of situation. right? Which when you talk about memories, like yeah. it brings up that, yeah. you know, uh, that's one of the movies that you immediately think about. Right, yeah. but they didn't want to go to the
0: level of like, you Know replicants like Blade Runner, so they found like this mi- middle ground, which I thought was really, really right. original. And obviously, it wasn't like too, um, too campy, like say, like Demolition, <laughs>
1: right? You right, know, right. I mean, Demolition Man's like it knew what it was, you know, it, it was like they're very different movies. I like, don't
0: think Demolition Man knew that years from now, people on Reddit would think that they predicted the future,
1: <laughs> <laughs> they probably wouldn't have thought that, but I think they knew they were going to be like cheesy schlock, you know what I'm saying. But, uh, that I love, by the way, but, <laughs> um. Yeah, I remember seeing Strange Days as a kid and really digging it, but I think because of like sort of levels it was operating on at that time, like it just didn't cling to me like some of the other movies like a demolition man did um demolition man clean, clean. yeah because it's so well one like you gotta think about it like he's laughing over here. uh as a kid right one stallone too but then it's just like demolition man was like over the top like action like where strange days has a lot more going on right? well
0: the thing with strange days too is that it was that I didn't even know much. I didn't even know about this movie, so it was probably like marketed in a very. um, No,
1: it was a huge flop. Because I I remember when it came out, and it just it didn't do well. Because I remember seeing trailers, and I remember being like, and I didn't see it till it was on VHS. Yeah, and mind you, it's like a kids. Just in case that's a a black square thing that you used to put into this machine that was called a VCR.
0: (laughs) Joe, thank you for schooling these listeners on VCRs and Demolition Man. Interestingly enough, the same comparison between Blade Runner and Strange Days was made by Drew Morton for the site Pajiba back in 2009. As a matter of fact, the title of the article written by Morton is, Forget the Hurt Locker, I'll Take Strange Days, and dives into Bigelow's works and describes Strange Days as, the best piece of cyberpunk to grace celluloid since Ridley Scott's Blade Runner. Oh, another awesome thing about Strange Days? The cast. The cast. You've got Ray Fiennes, Angel Bassett, and... Who else is in it? I think Tom Sizemore is in it, um, and Juliette Lewis, and a f- and there's a few other... Oh, and there's... Uh, uh, oh, Glenn Plummer's in it. Right. Glenn Plummer plays this guy called Jericho One. So he's kind of like a combination of He's a he's a hip hop artist, right? Who's trying to unify the gangs of 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 L.A., right? right. So he's kind of so based on his name and his kind of position in it, he's kind of like KRS One meets Tupac, mm-hmm. right? And what ends up happening is that um, and he also has kind of like this anti like anti law enforcement rhetoric because in this dystopian movie, you know, the state is now military and police, right? Right. Which, like I said, you see in like every dystopian movie, everything's militarized, <laughs> everything's everything's police. So he's he's like anti. Uh, he's like anti-cop and um, he's murdered which is a like kind of like a, he's murdered and it casts like a huge uh, shadow over the entire movie because it becomes an issue of like how, how like finding out who killed this guy right so it's a right. detective movie as well um, and and you have uh, you have uh, these bit roles by uh, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio
1: I was just gonna say I forgot <laughs> Vincent and, D'Onofrio
0: dude. Uh, and his name is escaping me right now he was in Heat and he was in The Dark William Night. Finchner. Yes, yeah. William Finchner. So,
1: yeah. Who's that who I love, dude? So, so by the way,
0: so if you're like, yo, I need to get a 90s movie, I'm telling you right now, this is a 90s movie. <laughs> like you can, you can say like, okay, Heat is a 90s movie. Like, yeah, like I, I get that. I mean, you had star power in it that was like undeniable. But, but when I tell you, William Finchner, was it?
1: Yeah, 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 I'm like, yo, this
0: is a <laughs> '90s movie. You know what I mean? Like, this guy was. I mean, him and him and feel like running like running around this corrupt LAPD. Yeah. So, the hardest part about watching the movie, though, was the violence against women. And I tell you, it was really, really anxiety inducing at certain points, just because you're trying to, you know, figure out what's going on, but also. You know, looking at looking looking at it and watching it from the context now, given the socio political climate, it's a little uneasy. But also you have to take take into account that the movie may have been ahead of its time. There are some sad but bold statements about the role of women in this particular dystopia that's been prescribed by strange days. It's made very clear that for women to advance they have to sell sex in some capacity. Um which is also really depressing. But the one character who doesn't who doesn't cave to all those um like awful elements is uh, Bassett's Mace, who quite frankly kicks a lot of ass. In some ways it's a sign that the movie was definitely ahead of its time. I mean, look at it this way. You got a movie featuring Auntie Angela as a strong black lead um but it didn't it was a commercial failure. And it didn't make the impact that it should have, given given the climate at the time. However, it's almost prophetic, since many of the movies which she, you know, she started and set the template for strong black leads that in movies that you see now, like say Nakia or Shuri in Black Panther, which also co-stars Angela Bassett. So, on that note, we'll leave you with this. I think this movie is due for some type of like cult renaissance. It's
1: right, we could be either. like the start of like this comeback.
0: I really want us to. That's why we're doing this. It's- it's- The movie where she uh, burns a dude's car at the end of it. Um, I thought that was how Stella
1: got her groove back. I can't remember. No, no,
0: uh, waiting to exhale.
1: Waiting to exhale. That's right. right. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. All right. Um, also, star of the uh Fox series 911, which that's right. Which I started to <laughs> go down a rabbit hole. Did you? I, oh, yeah. After after I fit wrapped up an episode of Mayans, like it just starts playing. <laughs> And you know, I'm all about you know, I'm all about, you know, like, you know, civil service people, you know, some real like grunt work folks that, you know, you know, react to a situation, you know what I mean? Like some real like gear in the rear, you know. So it's all about like, you know, the LA Fire Department and their and their relationship to, you know, You know I mean? So um, you know, Angela Bassett, you know,
1: everyone's mother. Yeah, she's like had this like sort of renaissance in her career that's been awesome.